it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, indeed, it is Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser filling in today for my main man and my pal, Jimmy Fela. I'm going to need your help today at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. We have a big show coming up. Later this hour, we have Congressman J.D. Vance from Texas's 4th District, just north of where I live in Dallas. In the second hour, we have Fox News contributor Ben Dominich, Tudor Dixon, the Republican that in a better world would be the sitting governor of Michigan right now, joins us in the third hour, as does the man himself, Jimmy Fallon, who will be here to wrap things up. But right now, after last night's third GOP debate and two days, after yet another disappointing election night for Republicans, we have the words of Honest Abe. One of the great wordsmiths in U.S. presidential history was Abraham Lincoln. The man could turn a phrase, and one of my favorites comes from a written message to Congress that he sent in December 1861. He said, The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. And if he were alive today, he could say it again. Our pile of difficulty that we face 162 years later looks a lot like the piles that my 130-pound Anatolian shepherd dog named Sully leaves for me in the backyard. And though both Democrats and Republicans can claim some credit for that big stinking pile, it is the Dems who are saddled with it now. Democrats can't run in 2024 on anything. They sure can't run on fiscal responsibility like Barack Obama pretended to do in 2008 when he was still in the Senate. We're under a staggering pile of debt fueled by staggering budget deficits being run up by Joe Biden, spending money like crazy. It's amazing we've, uh, we've, what we've done with language. We can now casually throw the word trillion around like when we're talking about money and, and that money the gov- federal government is spending. Trillion, the word trillion used to be a word that we used talking about distances between galaxies. Now we talk about a trillion dollars the way we used to talk about a billion dollars when we thought a billion dollars was a lot of money. A trillion dollars is a billion dollars times a thousand. Very soon it's going to require the first trillion dollars that the federal government takes in every year just to pay the interest on the 33 trillion and growing that the federal government has already borrowed. That's a difficulty to put on the stinking pile. We now have war in Israel to worry about, to add to the war in Ukraine, upon which we are spending billions of dollars. The Israel war, because of who Israel is and where Israel is, is particularly important to our national interest, not to mention any decent sense of humanity. Add Israel and Ukraine to the pile. China wants to bring us down. They're well on the way. We are now almost completely dependent upon China for key, for key drugs, I like, say, antibiotics. China controls the market and the supply chain for batteries for those electric cars that Joe Biden wants us to drive, whether we want to or not. They control the market for those solar panels that are going to replace the fossil fuel-fired electric generating stations that make the lights come on. Their Navy is bigger than ours. They're licking their chops 
waiting to pounce on Taiwan, a key source of ours for semiconductors. Did you watch the debate last night? Did you see the commercials for TikTok with the nice, friendly old people enjoying TikTok? TikTok is a Chinese cancer, and it's eating away at the vital organs of our culture. It's ruining our kids. Add China to the pile. Have you traveled lately to any of our once iconic, enjoyable, great major cities? I, I, mean, I have. I mean, cities like L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, others, they've become crime-riddled hellscapes. Tony Bennett left his heart in San Francisco where a homeless guy peed on it. The middle class, that great American invention that put a living, uh, living a prosperous life within reach of the masses. The middle class is shrinking. People who've previously been able to live in relative prosperity are now having trouble paying for food and gas and shelter. My soon-to-be 24-year-old daughter is telling me how all of her friends from college, many of them under a mountain of student debt, are pessimistic about their chances of ever being able to buy a home. Add inflation to the pile. Rising racism, rising anti-Semitism on college campuses particularly, but in the culture generally. Add those to the pile. Three-quarters of the American people living in this country today believe the country's headed in the wrong direction. Add pessimism about the future to the pile. I could go on. I could go on and on and on, and I know you know that. Democrats have literally nothing to run on. Biden's approval numbers are catastrophic. So... It's advantage Republicans, right? I mean, it's, you, there's no way to lose. Yeah, well, don't bet on it, because if Republicans hope to tackle that pile of difficulty, they first have to win elections, and that is not going so well. There was no red wave in 2022. Ron DeSantis's huge win in Florida was the only bright spot on election night in 2022. Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia was chanting earlier this week about holding the House and flipping the Senate in Virginia. He did neither. Democrats not only took the House away from Republicans, they also expanded their majority in the Virginia Senate. That did not go well. We have to face a completely sobering fact. Something we need an intervention. We need we need all of our family to gather around and and with concerned looks on their faces say this has to stop. The last great night for Republicans was election night 2016. That's becoming a long time ago. Election night 2016, Donald Trump scored a huge upset victory over Hillary Clinton. It was big. We all loved it. It was a lot of fun watching watching Hillary and, and imagining her in the hotel room on election night throwing uh, the, uh, the the table lamp. It was it was great. But it has been downhill since. The two, 2018 midterms did not go well for the GOP. We know what happened in 2020. Two years of Biden screwing up, including a devastating and a humiliating troop withdrawal from, from Afghanistan, did not lead to the much-anticipated red wave in 2022. We all knew it was coming. On election night, it didn't happen. And then we have Tuesday of this week. And we didn't have a great night. There was much bad news and little good news for Republicans. Republicans will not have the opportunity. We've got to face this. 
We've got to look it in the eye. Republicans will not have the opportunity of rising to the occasion of dealing with that big pile of difficulty until they can start winning elections. And Republicans are losing elections over a single issue. It's the A word. Republicans are losing over abortion. Your Fox Across America fill-in host here confesses to being way late to this realization. Wait, we're going broke, China's out to zap us, people can't afford food and gas, wars are breaking out, and we're worrying about abortion? I didn't understand it. I do now. About 11 p.m. About 11 p.m. last night, the light shone brightly in my or on Tuesday night, about 11 o'clock at night, when I saw what happened in Ohio, when I saw what happened in Virginia, when, I, when we didn't regain in, in deep red Kentucky, did not manage to knock off a, a Democrat governor in Kentucky, when I realized the Republicans had yet another bad election night, the light finally dawned on me. We have got to get our act straight on abortion. Ohio, JD, uh, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance um, called the passage of the, that state constitutional amendment in Ohio that, in, that actually enshrines in the state constitution an almost unlimited right to abortion. He called that a gut punch. Well, exactly that's what it was. Republicans, and here's the deal. Republicans, particularly male Republicans running for office and needing the votes of independent and moderate women voters, had better figure out a way to talk about abortion without pissing those women off, because that is exactly what's happening. I happen to agree with Ron DeSantis from last night at the debate. The Democrats' position on abortion is abhorrent, abhorrent to me. It's abhorrent to many. Here's what he said. It's cut 10. I understand that some of these states are doing it a little bit different. Texas is not going to do it the same as New Hampshire. Iowa's not necessarily going to do it the same uh, as Virginia. So you got to work from the bottom up. Uh, you got to do a better job on these referenda. I think of all the stuff that's happened to the pro-life cause, uh, they have been caught flat-footed on these referenda, and they have been losing the referenda. A lot of the people who are voting for the referenda are Republicans who would vote for a Republican candidate. So you got to understand how to do that. But let's just be clear. The Democrats have taken a position they will not identify the point at which there should be any protection all the way up until birth. That is wrong, and we cannot stand for that. I agree with him. I tell you, the Republican that seems to be getting it right on abortion is Nikki Haley. All the polling data says so. All the people that I talk to, the anecdotal information says so. Here's what she said. Cut eight. I think you have to be honest with the American people. This is a personal issue for every woman and every man. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband Michael was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children. So I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, when you look post-Roe, a wrong was made right. They took it out of the hands of unelected justices and they put it in the hands of the people. And now we're seeing states vote. And what I'll tell you is, as much as I'm pro-life, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice and I don't want them to judge me for being pro-life. So when we're looking at this, there are some states that are going more on the pro-life side. I welcome that. There are some states that are going more on the pro-choice side. I wish that wasn't the case, but the people decided. Well, there it is. You know, Republicans have got to find a place somewhere in between the two extremes on abortion, 
where all the way on the right you have pro-lifers saying not no way, not no how on abortion, and all the way on the left where you have pro-choicers saying unrestricted abortion up to the first elementary school report card. we got to find someplace in there. Republicans have to find a consensus within the party that is in keeping with where a majority of voters in the country are. Republicans have to find a place where most people in the country can agree or Republicans are going to keep losing elections. And I'm here to tell you right now, this is where I need your help today. I cannot tell you where that place is. You hear 15 weeks a lot, but what I see when I talk to 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 my my friends, my 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 female friends, including my wife, when a man says to a woman uses the word weeks, you can just see that that look come on their face. I don't know how to solve the problem, but I do know this: I do know that Republicans have no more urgent task than to figure out a way to come down in in a place on abortion that will bring along the voters that are not voting for them now and causing Republicans to lose elections. There is nothing else that is more important. You think China, you think the state of the economy, inflation, gas prices, corrupt DOJ, go down the list of problems. Those are all important problems, but we have an urgent problem that's getting in the way of dealing with the important problems. The urgent problem is Republicans have got to find a way to connect with the mainstream of America on the subject of abortion. And it may be, for many of us Republicans, it may be a position that we don't particularly like, that is less than what we would personally have, but it is something that has to be done, or else we lose in 2024. Want to know what you think as we do the show, go along in the show today? 888-788-9910. If you want to help me figure out what that position is. 888-788-9910. We'll, we'll get to your calls today. We have we have J.D. Vance coming up. We have a big, big show. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. There's more on the way. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela, 888-788-9910. On the line with us, Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas. Congressman, welcome. Paul, how are you, great American? Well, I'm great, thanks. Listen, I'm, I set up the show by saying Republicans keep losing, and I think the reason the Republicans keep losing, we did not have a great night on uh, on Tuesday, of course, with the red wave in 2022 didn't happen, is um, we're losing on abortion. You agree or disagree? that clearly in general elections, the pro-life uh, cause doesn't do well. I mean, that's just a fact. That's just statistics. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. It is, what it is. Well, so the question going forward, you know, it, the worst possible thing, I mean, the nightmare scenario, if you're a Republican sitting here in November of 2023, one year almost to the day away from uh, the, uh, the, the election of 2024, the worst possible outcome is to lose the House, 
not retake the Senate, to have the House and the Senate both in Democrats' hands and to reelect Joe Biden. How do we avoid that? Right, because, you know, for two years we had that, my first term in Congress, and it was horrid. The way to avoid it is, you know, candidates matter. That's number one. So let's talk about Paul, the top of the ticket first. Uh, It does look increasingly like President Trump is going to be the nominee. And if anyone in his camp or himself personally would listen to this advice that I would give, I would say we have to take part of your 2016 formula and use it for 2024. But I think the reason why we had trouble and we had facing headwinds in 2020 was they pretty much used the exact same 2016 strategy, which worked. But it worked in 2016. It did not work in 2020. So we have to amend it uh, slightly. To, so he could still be, you know, himself, but just don't give the uh, liberal media and the Democrats the easy layups. So just maybe a, take a little more care in the way in which we approach sensitive topics but still be the fiery, fiery, bombastic patriot that we all know and love. And from the do you think he has it in him? Do you yeah. think he? Do you think he has it in him to do that? I think so. I think because you know, Ronnie Jackson is one of my best friends. In- Close. Uh, I'm a political ally of the president. I've met him. I support him. I endorse him. But Ronnie's really personal friends with him and close. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to deliver that. I, I would love to deliver that message personally and say, wait, the country needs you. The republic needs you for four years. Your policies are outstanding. And he's on a personal level, very kind uh, and generous man. And I think, you know, you're the leader not only that America needs, but the free world needs. And the way in which to get there is to formulate a 2024 strategy. And if he's facing Joe Biden, he wins. But we've got to prepare for a Gavin Newsom or someone else just in case the Democrats see the polling and realize that they might have to change horses. Or or Joe Biden just simply keels over, which could happen. I mean, there's anything can happen. I said at the start of all of this, I said, I don't think that either Trump will or Joe Biden will wind up being the nominees. I'm now, of course, backing off of that assertion because it looks inc- increasingly likely that they will be. But, Paul, I like the hot takes. I love the fact that you put yourself out there and you say, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And it's it spurs debate and, uh, it, you know, it, it sharpens our intellects. And, uh, but, yeah, we don't know. You're right. You look at the betting odds um, and President Trump is favored by, I think, five percentage points now. That's not a guarantee, but that's an indication that, you know, you, we've all seen the polling. He's winning right now. The, the polling means very little a year out. But on the congressional level, let's talk about the House. It's been something that I know intimately. We need to continue to recruit great candidates. We have some members of Congress that won Biden districts because they were very good candidates. They're exceptional candidates. And we, we can't forget that. Um, so that's one thing. we got to raise money. It's an you know, ugly part yep. of this business. I hate asking people, but we have to do that. And listen, at, I'm, about to, I'm, sorry, I'm about to be rude to you because I'm up against a hard break, but I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, it is. it, it finally does boil down to the candidates. So... Listen, let's hope for the best in 2024. I mean, I don't think we should consider it. We should easily beat the Democrats, but I don't think that's going to happen. Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas. Thanks. You're a great American. appreciate you being a part of the show. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
Hey, it's Paul Gleiser. I'm sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Coming to you from Tyler's proud KTBB affiliate of Fox Across America. Taking your calls, 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. I put the, the topic on the floor here in the first hour. I think Republicans are getting killed on abortion. And I was late to this party. I kept thinking, how can abortion, which affects women of childbearing age, push aside issues that affect literally everybody in terms of importance when it comes to elections? I was just simply wrong. Abortion is a big deal, and Republicans are losing on it. And we're we're losing elections that we ought to win on it. I don't know exactly how to solve the problem. That's why I'm opening it up to you. We'll all talk about it together, and maybe we'll figure it out. 888-788-9910. We lead off here in East Texas. Stephen from Longview, you're up first on Fox Across America. Thanks for calling. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call, Paul. Uh, I really liked your characterization of uh, the extremes of the political universe, especially uh, the Thames take on aborting before their first kindergarten report card. Um, I didn't I'm get really a report card until first grade when I was in, in, in elementary school. <laughs> I'm, I'm report really card day was, was usually not a very good day for me, by the way. Well, me, me neither. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I'm kind of surprised that you and a lot of very sharp political uh, friends did not see this abortion uh, brouhaha coming. Uh, it, 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 it really boggles my mind. Uh, I, I think that the Republicans in the House and the Senate need to totally back off of any uh, legislation being introduced to limit abortion. After all, that was turned over and back rightly to the states by the Supreme Court. Uh, I also like Nikki Haley's observation that we need to support women. And right now, women see Republicans as as devils with pitchforks. So I don't know. That's that's kind of my two cents. Well, Leah, and listen, you're you're it's a reasonable position. And, and here's what I where I think the problem is. I think where where Republicans have a problem, where where people running for office have a problem, they'll look at a state like California or Illinois and see the abortion policy that we are talking about abortion all the way up to the first report card and they just can't stand it and want to do something about it. And I think the reality is if we truly are going to be a constitutional Republic, we're going to have to find a way to live with that. And we're going to have to let California be California and let Illinois be Illinois and let New York be New York and, and let them suffer the consequences. I think we're going to have to come to that place, but here's the problem with not having any kind of a national, national policy on abortion. Here's the here's the potential rub. If you get in a position where like we were in 2009 when right after Obama took office when when the uh, Democrats had a veto-proof majority in the Senate and had a, a a strong majority in the House and a Democratic president, you could find yourself 
up against that situation again in the future where the um, where the Congress passes a law that makes abortion a right all the way up to the first report card. You could, if you don't deal with it at the national level, that's the risk you run. Even though I'm inclined to agree with you, let it be a state matter. But I understand what people are worried about. I, I, I agree. I just think pragmatically we should not introduce any legislation uh, in either the House or the Senate. Um, but uh, by the way, I, I, if I can uh, detour to another topic, I am so glad that you were one of the first people to sign on uh, Jimmy Fallon for Russia's uh, departed uh, spot in the rotation. Well, uh, you know, I, he, I, he I, is I, great. I said to my wife, you know, every now and then you have to give me credit. I get something right because this was a this was a great call. And for those people listening on, on Fox Across America, Across America, when Rush died, when the great Rush Limbaugh died, we ran a five-week process where we auditioned. We gave five of the of the of the talk shows that wanted to wanted to take that slot. We gave each of them a week, and we let listeners vote. And and it was the listeners who affirmed what I was hearing with my own ears. It was the listeners who chose this show, Fox Across America, and it's turned out to be great because I got to tell you, Jimmy is one of the most talented people I've ever met. I mean, he has more talent in his fingertips than I have in my whole body, and he has done a great job. And one of the things he has done is just lighten the mood in the room where we can have a we can have a conversation about these things without being mad at each other. I think. I appreciate you affirming the decision that we made here. I agree with you. I think it was the right one. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, listen, appreciate you uh, appreciate you being a part of the program. 888-788-9910. We're still in Texas. Blake, you're next on Fox Across America. What say you? Hey, Paul, I really kind of agree a little bit with what your first caller said quite a bit because the problem is we're putting all the, the, the Republicans are putting all the emphasis on the gray lines of what to do with the medical procedures of abortion, when the real issue is how can we social, how can we support our women to give them the confidence to want to raise the babies that will become the, the leaders of our society later on. I think of all the activities that people spend all kinds of time in to do things, to accomplish things, and this and that, but the, the the miracle of being able to raise a child into being a a, a a a good person in life and one that can contribute to society is going to be the most fulfilling and joyful. And you take all the times that pe- people would spend time doing things, and if they just put the energy in investing in their future, we would have something to look forward to and and. Uh, all the money that is going to uh, all the correct all the the problems we're having in society would, would be all rectified by people taking uh, charge men men being proud of, of raising the children and, and 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 making that their their first love and and uh, being true to their school and 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 uh, never and just let it let it let life flow I think well, that- let, 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 let me jump in on you here because you've you raised a couple of things. Let me jump in so we can we can talk about it. Number one, um, 
I think you're going to find yourself on the losing end of any position where you are, are where a man or is are mandating to women what they have to do in the case of an unplanned pregnancy. I just you know I, and and that a lot of people believe that's wrong, but I think that's what is politically. And where Nikki Haley is getting right is to say we have to get to the place where we where we can deal with it politically. We have to get to the place where we can come to policy that most people can agree on. And I think you're going to be you're going to hit a wall when you start mandating to women what they have to do because we tell them with respect to an unplanned pregnancy. And here's the thing that you just raised and I think is very very important. When I got divorced from from my first wife, the judge in the court hung around my neck and made sure I understood that it was my responsibility. I had to financially support our child that we had together. And, and last night, I think it was Ramaswamy who said, or was it Tim Scott, I don't remember, uh, that you know, we're, we're, letting, we're letting young men get away with, with escaping the financial responsibility for the children that we father and we ought to, that, they, that they father, and we ought to fix that. We ought to hold young men who impregnate women financially accountable. I think you might find a whole lot of unwanted pregnancies don't happen anymore. What do you think? I think that you're you're right in that in in respect to that. I think that the uh, young men and the young women both need to be encouraged into the role of the family. Um, we have a society that's set up with high technology, and it it's easy to do like the Bible warns us not to do is chambering and and we get locked in our own little worlds and uh we don't relate to each other as as human beings the way we used to and i think it's really taking a toll on our society i mean people come to me and they say wow you're you're in your mid 60s you look so young and i tell them well i, I didn't have to raise teenagers and they say <laughs> oh wow and you're having so much trouble with all the projects around your house how are you why why is that happening well i didn't raise teenagers you know there it is <laughs> So hey, Blake, good stuff. Okay, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate your call. Appreciate you being a part of the program and being a part of the audience here in East Texas. 888-788-9910. Yeah, here's where you hit a wall. And I think this is where, where we lose independent women. We lose moderate women. We lose women who might vote for Republicans when a bunch of guys stand up and tell women what they have to do. I, I, I am, I'm going to say I am absolutely pro-life. And I am going to also say, with with respect to that, that I can, I can at least see the point of view for terminating a pregnancy very, very early on when you find out that uh, that an unwanted pregnancy has happened. I can at least understand it, even though it, it it might run counter to what I personally believe. But where where Democrats, I think, have lost it and where we have really gotten ourselves in a place that we never should be is they got so extreme on the left, they're, they're, they are allowing and, and, and encouraging and, and validating abortions literally all the way up to the moment of birth. Everybody remembers Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia on his interview on WTOP radio where he's talking about a, 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 an abortion that goes wrong and the baby's born alive. Well, we'll make it comfortable till we figure out what to do with it. Well, what you do with it is you, is you treat it as a human life. 
And so we we've gotten we've gone from from policy to barbarism with respect to abortion. Yet somehow Republicans cannot deliver a message that makes moderates, independents, particularly women, comfortable with voting for them. And we are losing. We are losing elections over this issue. Roe v. Wade. Republicans wanted Roe v. Wade to go away for decades. We wanted to do away with Roe v. Wade. It's turned out to be the worst thing that could have happened to the Republican Party because Republicans have been losing since Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. And it, it, Republicans, this is an urgent problem. They've got to figure out what to do about it because until we do, we're going to lose. And the idea of losing in 2024 is something I simply cannot imagine. It's the sort of thing that should keep you awake nights. What do you think? 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. There's more coming. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today. He will be back tomorrow, but it's with it's me with you today for the next two hours. And I want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. Perk in Maryland, you're up next on Fox Across America. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm calling from the great state of Maryland, home of the junior senator from California. <laughs> <laughs> I was caught. I know, isn't that great? Got it. Now, hey, listen, Paul, we, we hey, the Rangers, we, the Rangers, the Texas, my Texas Rangers put a hurt on your Baltimore Orioles this year. Yes, sir, they did, and I'm, I'm, that was impressive, definitely. I'm a Braves fan, and uh, we got beat up by them Phillies, but uh, that's okay. We'll be back next year. We've got Ronald Acuna, and I'm looking forward to it. But, Paul, I wanted to tell you, I agree with you 100% with one addition. The Republicans need to make the Democrats define their position on abortion. They need to make them say, we want partial birth abortion, full abortion all the way to the term, and not just leave it at that pro-choice ephemeral term. I totally go, oh, okay, so. couldn't agree with you more. Go ahead. I couldn't agree with you more, Perk. You're, you're 100% right on this. And, and DeSantis said it last night. They refuse to say where they stand. Is it is it early in the pregnancy or all the way up until the moment of delivery? They refuse to say. And we ought to nail them down on it. Exactly. Exactly. Because once I, I was discussing this with a friend of mine yesterday. And once she realized the position that the, the Democrats take, any reasonable person would not agree with that. It's yeah, because just, it's, 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 it's crazy. It, it stops being policy. It stops being women's reproductive health. I mean, they, you know, I love I love right. liberal euphemisms. They they really don't right. have to wrap things up in language. It stops being that. Right. At some point, it starts becoming barbarism. You know, it, it just exactly. becomes butchery. You know, and and. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine being somebody working in a in a hospital or a clinic where where a, a a baby is delivered that is being aborted and you hear its cries and let it die. I can't imagine how right. you would get up and go to work if you knew that's what you were going to do. Exactly, and this is the same abortion policy they have in North Korea, Paul. I mean, this is ridiculous. 
Well, let me ask you this, Perk. Let's let's go to the other end. Let's go from let's go from okay. all the way at the end to all the way at the beginning. You're a young woman. Okay. You're 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 in your late teens or your early twenties. You're not married. You're not established in life. You don't have the financial resources or the emotional resources or any of the resources necessary to raise a child. And you find yourself with an unwanted pregnancy, and you figure it out early on. You know, you figure it out, you know, the, when you first menstrual cycle that gets missed, you take a pregnancy test, realize, oh, my goodness, I'm early on pregnant. What do you say to that Correct. woman? Do you say to her that she can't have an abortion because it's because you're pro-life? And where do you come down on, on that end of the spectrum? Because I don't have the answer. i got to tell you, I've learned to keep that, I, that my answer is the wrong one. <laughs> well, Paul, I agree with the 15-week uh, abortion limit along with um, health of the woman, health of the baby, um, and rape and incest. You know, then at that point is, is sort of my starting point. Uh, but after the 15 weeks, you know, then it's, it, it's time. Now, also I add in there is that we need to make the uh, adoption aspect of our country much more friendly to make it easier. Well, it's streamlined that would help. Girl, Exactly, exactly. Streamline. There's the term I was looking for. Um, for both ends, for the, for the uh, woman who is giving birth to the couple that is adopting. So it's got to be more streamlined because right now it's, it's crazy to, to try and adopt a, a child. Hey, Perk, just shifting gears because we got one minute left. So just shifting gears. Did you watch the debate last night? No, I did not. Well, then I can't, I can't ask you what I want to ask everybody who's listening who did watch the debate last night. What would you think of it? I, I got to tell you, Perk, since you didn't watch it, I'll give you this much of a briefing on it. It was not the food fight that uh, the second debate was. Uh, and I, I, it, I, I'm, I may make myself sick saying this. I hate giving praise to NBC. But I think they did a good job last night. I think NBC, I think Lester Holt and the other two members of the panel did a good job, and it was a pretty meaningful debate. Now we need to get the stage narrowed down to Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Nick Haley and figure it out from there. Perk, I've got to run them up against the top of the hour, but I appreciate your call. You've been a, been a great addition to the show today, Perk, and I, and I thank you for that. 888-788-9910, the second hour of Fox Across America is coming up next. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. It is hour two of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. Filling in for Jimmy today. Jimmy will be back tomorrow, but today it's you and me at 888-788-9910. We spent the first hour talking about the Republicans are getting their, their electoral hopes crushed by the subject of, of abortion. Abortion has turned out to be a, a real problem for Republicans, particularly since overturning Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court. I want to hear your thoughts on that, and that, that segues into how it was discussed last night at the debate. Did you watch the debate last night on NBC? Uh, there were only five people on the stage last night, <clears throat> which means it was a quite a bit less chaotic. It was uh, less of a of a of a Delta House food fight and more of a substantive discussion. And it was Ramaswamy on the, so the talking about abortion that men need to be held responsible. I think the word he the term he used was sexual responsibility. 
if a court can make me, <clears throat> a, a divorcing husband, be responsible, financially responsible for my child, why can't the same thing happen for, a, for somebody who impregnates a girl who isn't married? Why can't men generally be held accountable for the life that they create? I think if, there was, if, if men bore the, uh, some financial downside, <clears throat> if it weren't just women who were having to deal with the entire consequence chain of becoming pregnant, I think you'd have fewer unwanted pregnancies and thus less abortion. What do you think? 888-788-9910. We'll go back to the phones. Danny in Jacksonville, Florida. You're next. What's up? Hey, Paul. Uh, thanks for having me today. Yes, sir. Um, I, will, uh, I agree with you 100% on the horrid barbaric act of abortion. I'm pro-life. And I just, it's an unimaginable thing for me. With both sides being as polarized and uh, dug in as we see it today, we can talk about abortion and what abortion is all day long. But if you remember back during World War II, before my time, I'm sure yours, and the Vietnam War, people really did not understand or really have the effects of what war and how horrific war is until we saw it on our televisions and it gave you a whole new perspective a whole new perspective in that vein of thought this may sound very uh radical but i think if people saw if there's a way to see what an abortion looks like just what's involved and like you had mentioned, the kids that cry that are born and they wait to uh, to be put down to harvest their, their their organs or whatever. If you could really see that, the other side could really see, I think deep down it would move people to come off of their post and go, we really need to think about this and just not just say, well, it's just an abortion. No, it's, it's a lot more than that. And the gravity of that, if a picture's worth a thousand words, and I just, I think if people just really could see exactly what it is, you might get the other side to rethink and go, you know what, this is, you really need to think about what you're about to do or what this abortion really does to a, to a person, to a baby. And I, it may not just be Republicans backing off or, or the the liberals not giving in. Let's just look at it for what it is from both sides and go, this is something we, you got to see it. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. disagree. I don't disagree with you. And one of the things that, that, that puzzles me, I don't know how a, a physician who performs abortions, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, that, that would, I just yeah. can't imagine that being a, a, a good job. I do know this. It is one of the, one of the most lucrative ways that you can use the medical licenses to perform abortions. Yeah. But I don't know, I just don't know how they do it. And the later you go on the pregnancy, the worse it is. And here's where, here's where I get confused. And here I am, a man pontificating about abortion, something that I will never undergo. And this is where we, we have this disconnect going on. It's, we have a whole lot of Republican men talking about abortion, and it's not connecting with women. But having disclaimed all of that, here's where I get hung up. Okay, you're pregnant. You don't want to be pregnant. Surely there's some point in there before it gets way late in the pregnancy that you could figure out, I don't want this pregnancy yeah. to continue. And surely... That should be way closer to the beginning of a pregnancy than the end of one. 
I think it's some at some reasonable point in there, you know, if you're going to say go from the extreme of we don't want abortion anytime, anywhere, if you want to take basically the Catholic Church's position on abortion, that it's wrong all the time, if you want to go from that extreme to you can have, have an abortion, you know, five minutes before delivery on the other extreme, you want to find some place in that continuum. It ought to be way closer to the beginning, and there ought to be some point where you are now responsible for the decision that you've made. If you have not done something about it by six weeks, 12 weeks, 15 weeks, somewhere in there, then you've then the die is cast and that option is no longer open to you. And can we live with that compromise? And where is it? Because I think by the time a, a, a child is capable of feeling pain, uh, I'm talking about an unborn baby, by the time it has fingers and toes and discernible features, um, you should have made a decision before then. What do you think? Right. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. My my, my point is, is the visualization. I'll give you another case in point. Uh, high school proms. Back in my day, you know, they, you know, it was don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive, and, you know, which is what you're not supposed to do. However, you'll see in more and more uh, schools that will park a crash vehicle from a classmate that was drinking and driving the, the wrecked vehicle right there in front yeah. of the school and give the children a visual and, and it and it rocks you to your core. You get a whole new perspective when you see that mangled car than then just saying, well, don't drink and drive. When you well, see I think it, the, the, it hits you differently. And I, that's okay. my point, I think. I, I, think I agree that, with you. I agree with I you. Not if go people that, knew go exactly what, what that would entail, if you saw it, you would probably go, my God, what are we doing? I want, yeah, I want no part of that. And I'll go one step further in the same vein. If young men saw other young men suffering financial consequences for the, for mm-hmm. the fun they had in the back seat of one of those cars, <clears throat> there'd be mm-hmm. less fun in the back seat. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's the visualization part. I think it it hits you to your core a little bit differently when you see it. You know, young. You know, one of the reasons that I think we have a disconnect on abortion is it is it is women who bear the brunt. Men are young men who are impregnant, impregnating girls are skating away scot free, and it is the women that bear the brunt. They have they bear a hundred percent of the consequences of an unwanted right. pregnancy. Men bear none of it. I think men ought to bear the consequences. That would help curtail it, too. Hey, listen, I think Danny. Be. Go ahead. Go. No, I'm sorry. I, I think you're right on that, and I agree with you. Danny, it's good stuff. Appreciate your call there from Jacksonville, Florida. We move on to Phoenix. And Brian, Brian, you're up. What do you say? Hey, I got a lot to say today, and I don't normally call shows like this, but I do enjoy listening to yours. So Thank you. Let me start. You're welcome. Let me start off with a thing that I disagree with. You made a comment right before the break that I think kind of sends a message to what part of the problem is. I think you congratulations. You figured out what I knew last summer, but here's the part where I disagree with you. First of all, it's not our responsibility to tell the Democrats how they're supposed to define it. It is the optics of the Republican party that are losing the elections. It's the Ronna McDaniels. It's the narrative. It is the optics and it's the way that, The general public perceives what conservatives view as the abortion issue, which is a zero-sum game. The Republican Party's message to most people, doesn't matter what your personal position is or mine is or anybody else's is, the other side, whether you're male or female, 
sees the conservative party, the Republicans, whatever you want to call us, them, as the party of no abortions, period. They don't see it as a group of people that want to compromise. You add in the mandating part that we just came out of with COVID, which I believe exacerbates a lot of people that don't have strong opinions of this subject. And, you you know, we're quick to make fun of a Kamala Harris, who's a joke in herself, but she makes a comment and says, well, you know, our body, our choice, and so on and so forth. Well, and then the hypocrisy that will return and say is, is well, where was that during COVID? Well, of we course, were, when, of course. Well, precisely. So people are losing jobs and military people are being discharged and losing their pensions and losing everything because they choose not to take a shot. So we know it's hypocrisy. Okay. Yeah, but, so, but, here we, but here we are. Let, let me jump in here, Brian, because I th- think you and I are, are, are pretty close agreement. We're having a philosophical discussion about all of this, but the b- b- bottom line is, as, as Nikki Haley said, we've got to find the place. If we're, gonna, if we're going to have a national policy, we've got to find the place where 60 senators will, and, the, and the majority of the House will vote for it. And I don't know where that is. Well, nobody knows where it is, and there never will be an answer to that, okay? It is a subject matter, and and the decisions that people have to make, especially people that vote non-just party line, that actually have, if you sat down with people and said, what what is it that makes you a conservative? What is it that makes you vote Republican? What is it that makes you vote Democratic? What defines you? What are the subjects that truly resonates with you? And this is, you're right, a strong topic. But here's the thing that you kind of touched on, but you, I don't think you finished through on it, which is, do you want to win elections or do you want to not lose elections? I think there's a big difference in the two and how we perceive these things. I want to win an election not because I just want to win. I want to win because even though I have opinions about abortion, I am that is a micro. I am dealing with I think people need to look at things more on a macro scale. And you're never going to get everything that you want. And people don't realize this. You can't have it all. Well, that's uh, – yeah, I think think that's been the – both sides. I think that's the – yeah, but I think it's been the Republicans' problem. I think it's been – Of course it is. We want – want, this is what we believe and this is it and and we're going to shove it down your throat and it's cost us elections. Well, precisely. But, well, and again, I can go into the whole Ron and McDaniel thing. Again, we, we make fun of the Pete Buttigieg's and we make fun of all these people that have failed. Newsom, who wants to be president, you know, people who fail, fail, fail and fail their way up. Well, let's take a look at Ron and McDaniel. You lost in 2018. You lost in 2020. You lost in 2022. Hey, we've got a great idea. Let's bring her back again. Are no. you kidding me? It's stupid. Okay, it's. I mean, if you had somebody that worked for you in a major position, no, she'd have been fired. She'd have been fired. So this is the thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Step on you with this whole lag thing. You're right. Ronald McDaniel would have been fired by now. But by that measure, and and who has the ear of the? I mean, I don't know how it works with the Supreme Court, but we have a conservative Supreme Court. What idiot? told these guys to put this on the top of their plate of things to deal with right before a midterm election. When that came through, I was like, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, they took the case from the Dobbs case from Georgia up. And it could have waited. If you waited, waited. Until, it, you waited <laughs> yeah. until after the midterms, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You know what? We lost the midterms. Forget Ron McDaniel for a second. We lost the midterms because of the Supreme Court's timing. I don't care that they did it or didn't do it. I really don't. 
I care about the timing of it. Do it the day after the election's over and everybody wins. So again, for all the people that call and complain and whine and we're losing elections and things like that, look inside yourself and say to yourself, do I want it? Am I more concerned about my family? Am I more concerned about income, gas prices, going to potentially war, my children, and the optics of all of these things? Or do I, is it just this one issue that I have a strong opinion with? And as long as you're going to sit there and, you, like you said at the beginning of the show, that you're leading, which is, you know, I had this epiphany, and all of a sudden I woke up and I realized everybody knows this. You just need to shut up and bite the bullet on it and stop telling them how they have to define themselves when you are not willing to define yourselves. Abortions are going to take place. You're not going to rid it in this country. It's not happening. It's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen. There's always going to be states that do it. They're never going to get all their way on it where it's going to be a national thing. It's just not the way it's going to be. So Brian, move I'm off with, of it. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I just, I'm going to jump in because I've got up against the break. But, hey, hey listen, good stuff. And, Thank you. And it, it's, it's a great call. And if I had a prize closet, I'd send you something. But I don't have a prize closet. Brian, appreciate the call. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. There is more on the way. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I write a weekly column called YouTellMeTexas.com. I say what's on my mind. You reply with what's on yours. You can. Re- you don't have to tell me Texas. You can tell me from anywhere. YouTellMeTexas.com. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. Patrick in Indiana, what do you say? Yeah, the thing about it is they haven't – we still haven't accepted why Trump got elected in the first place. Okay. The man was telling everybody what we were all already thinking and talking about it, working at home. Fact of the matter is, he said what we were actually thinking. And when it comes to abortion, every time women go, you're a man, sit down, shut up. That's our kid, too. Fact of the matter is, when it comes down to it, we are afraid to stand up and go, no, that's wrong. Well, what's wrong? Patrick, hold, hold, Patrick, Patrick, I'm a little lost. What's wrong? What are you, what are you trying to say? <clears throat> on the abortion topic. What? Abortion at all, anytime, in, in, in any case, no matter what is wrong? Is that what you're saying? No. Once again, that's what, <clears throat> that's what the, the counterargument always is. Well, what about all these crazy exceptions that make up a fraction of it? Okay. What about all the crazy exceptions to murder? Patrick, I got to tell you, you can hold that position and I respect you for it, man. And, you know, it's, you're, you're not wrong. But if you if, if that's where Republicans go out, if that's the position they take, they're going to lose because well, most well, we, the, those people you, you, you've got to understand that Republicans don't win without moderates and independents and suburban women. 
They just don't. And they're not with you there, Patrick. They're in a they're in a in a different place than you. And you got to adopt a position that they can stomach or you lose their votes and you lose the election. The issue is that we don't actually adopt that position. Okay? We we go out and we let liberals and democrats and leftists turn around and pigeonhole us into it's all or nothing when they can't even stand up and go can you at least say that at any point this is wrong well there's a place where they won't and we won't make them yeah we've got about 30 seconds left here patrick so let me let me say okay i agree with you on that we We've we've got to get to the place where those those moderate voters I was just talking about understand that we conservatives, the Republican Party, will accept some sort of a position that recognizes that there's a there's a place beyond which you cannot go because it quits being policy, it quits being women's health, it quits being anything other than pure naked barbarism. That's reasonable. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Second half of the second hour is coming up after the break. Stay with us. One of the great things about filling in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America is you get to talk to cool people. You get to talk to those great Fox News contributors, which we're going to do right now. Paul Glanzer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. And here with me on the phone, Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor. Ben, thanks for taking the time today. Hello, Ben. Hello. Are we there, guys? Okay. Well, listen, while we're figuring that out, if you're just getting in, just getting on board, just joining the show, spent the first hour and a half of the show talking about the fact, two things. Number one, Republicans keep losing, even though we should be winning, because Democrats have nothing uh, to run on. Say that again, uh, Josh. Okay. All right. We sorted it out. Ben Dominich, uh, after a lengthy intro, thanks for being a part of the program. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to sorry to hold off there. I just uh, for some reason the phone just flipped out. Um, I, look, uh, it's always a pleasure to join you. Uh, and uh, and whenever I hear that Jimmy doesn't show up for work, I assume he's he's out somewhere trying to find his pants. And so you know that's a <laughs> it's, it's you know it's a challenge sometimes for Jimmy. Yeah, but, but uh, that, it's, that, it's great to be with you, and there's plenty to talk uh, about. Yeah, that or his bookie got past security at Fox. <laughs> One of those two things. Listen, we, we were talking. We were talking to start off the show. I, 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 kind of two themes running on parallel tracks here. Number one, Republicans keep losing, even though there's no way they should keep losing. The Democrats are doing such a terrible job, and so obviously a terrible job that it should be easy pickings for Republicans. Republicans keep losing. I think on the the parallel track is. I think I've finally pulled my head out of you know where. I think the thing that's killing us is abortion. What do you say? All right, so I'm I'm going to disagree with you slightly, and and okay. let me lay out why because I think that that's a very uh, it's a, it is very quickly becoming. Uh, I won't I won't accuse you of being a conventional thinker, but uh, the conventional wisdom certainly, and and certainly in Washington D.C. among the consultant class, and a lot of politicians too. The abortion issue is a challenge, and I think that it's one that, uh, frankly, Republican politicians up and down the line, uh, it's particularly state and local level, have been able to avoid for a long time. It was something that really was just about the Senate and the presidency, uh, and they didn't have to speak to it. They didn't have to address it. Well, now, Roe v. Roe v. Wade gave them cover. 
Exactly. Roe v. Wade gave them cover, and so state and local uh, you know, uh, people could run for office and never really have to address the issue. They could just say, oh, well, that's, about, that's somebody else's job to deal with it. Abortion was a drag you know, here in the state that, that I've lived in, the Commonwealth of Virginia, for the last 30 years. Uh, it was a drag on a number of different politicians before uh, Glenn Youngkin. It was a drag on Ken Cuccinelli, who's a hardcore social conservative. He came uh, less than one, he was less than 1% away from, from beating uh, Terry McAuliffe in, in uh, his uh, attempt to win the governorship. And then you had Ed Gillespie, who was less than 1% away from uh, beating Mark Warner when it came to running for Senate. He's a moderate. He's a Washington insider, so didn't have that hardcore social conservative thing about him. Still, the abortion issue was something that was challenging for them. And then you had Ralph Northam come along, who said that all those horrible things in that infamous radio interview that Donald Trump was, uh, you know, frankly brought up in that debate with Hillary Clinton to such a great degree and hammered her on that. You know, the idea of late-term abortion and everything else that he said in that was great, and I think it really turned the issue around. You have Glenn Young can come in and win after that, uh, and then, you know, you had this issue uh, come forward in the Virginia legislative races that was used by Planned Parenthood and National Democrats to try to define the entire thing as being about this issue of a 15-week ban on abortion. Glenn Young had staked out a position that was popular in the polls, that was that was you know as basically as conservative as he felt like he could get in a blue to purple state, a 15 week ban with all of the exceptions, and yet that still was something that was a real drag for a lot of the different candidates he was trying to push over the finish line. And if you live here in Virginia, all the ads you saw were about abortion. That was all they had. And the thing that I felt like was, where are the Republican ads pushing back against this? And okay, oh, that's really a fair question. Exist. They didn't really exist. There was nothing pushing back against it. And similarly in Kentucky, well, Daniel Cameron Daniel Cameron is a great candidate, inspiring young guy. And yet he spent the last month of his campaign not, uh, struggling to find some kind of message to deal with an ad about abortion and rape in his, tri- in his attempt to take down Andy Bashir, which I f- frankly think he got a lot closer than I ever thought he would get. Andy Bashir is a, a really talented politician, moderate Democrat, et cetera. But here in Virginia, the thing, the thing that really stuck out to me is this, the, the deciding – Senate race here, really, in terms of control of the Senate, uh, was an incumbent woman who happens to be an OBGYN, a Republican, who took every exception that you can say, not just rape, incest, life of the mother, but fetal abnormalities, all sorts of other issues as well, and was at the 15-week margin. In other words, she polled as being right down the center or even a little bit to the left on the issue if you looked at it. And you know why she lost? Because they redistricted her into a district. Democrats, by the way, did uh, you know uh, pushed for this commission that did this and gave her seventeen thousand more Democrat votes. So she went from a coin flip district to being one where she had to win up going uphill. She lost by seven thousand. So from my perspective, I say. This is about figuring out how to talk about this issue. It's a real challenge. It's not going away. You can't just run away from the fact that this is the new reality. And if you're a state, local, down-the-line politician, you now have to talk about this intelligently and challenge the other side, be very authentic, be compassionate, uh, be forthright, and be clear. Because you can't run away from this issue the way you've been doing it all the way under row. And and, And pining for the past when you could do it is not a solution. Ben Dominich is with us. So, Ben, you and I are saying the same thing because I'm saying that if the Republicans don't find a way to deal with this issue, if they don't find something that 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 strikes the right chord, they're going to keep losing elections. I was 
I had my head way up in a place where it doesn't belong. I'm saying, are you kidding me? We have China wanting to knock us off. We have a corrupt DOJ. We have inflation running away. We have people unable to pay their bills. Wars breaking out every place. How in the world can this single issue derail all of that? And, you know, the fact is, I think it is derailing all of that. I thought. Well, I think the only point I'm to say is this was off year, and this is a weird off year in the sense that, like, I mean, you don't have the same kind of lessons that come out of it. I I personally look at this situation and say, you know, how are you going to blame Andy Bashir for all of the different problems of Bidenomics? You know, you can't really. And you can't really, you know, I think that Daniel Cameron tried to connect him with that. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, the candidates here in Virginia tried to connect it with, you know, crime and with the chaos on the border and everything else that we're seeing. But I think that, unfortunately for Republicans, They've become a lot more comfortable over the years saying, especially when they're running at the state level, I'm about jobs. I'm about economics. I'm not about these hot-button culture yeah, war yep, issues, yep, yep, you know, yep, et cetera, because it's more convenient, and, and, it's, and it's easier to talk about. Nobody wants to get in people's faces and offend them and that well, kind listen, of thing. I've, but, I've, yeah. I agree with you because I've hated this talk show so far. Because I just don't like talking about this. I've been on the air now for coming up on two hours, and I have. This is something I, I, I when I when I fill in, I, I don't do a regular talk show. I fill in for a, for Mark Davis in Dallas, and I fill in for Jimmy Fallon. Whenever I do either one of them, I try to stay away from this issue because I just hate talking about it. But I'm, that's my point. We're going to start talking about it, and we're going yeah, to have to. We're going to have to. You can't run away from it. You can't let the other side you, define you. You have to be absolutely. Forth- true. And look, look. I mean, I look the the. The inability of people to talk about this, and the and the and the lack of of courage in sort of saying, I would rather talk about the things I would prefer to talk about, and pretend like this isn't going to happen. It has allowed the left to define what they believe, and it allowed them to to. Uh, you know, paint everyone as an extremist, and that's why Democrats are rushing to put ballot issues all across this country in as many states as possible for next year, because they know that's the only way that they can get young people to go out and vote for senile old Joe Biden, who's out there answering questions from Peter Ducey today, saying you're not looking at the right polls, and uh, you know I'm I'm ahead here and there and everywhere, and I'm wondering if you know his own uh, staffers are not giving him the polls, are not letting him no, read the New York Times. That's, that's, that, that's entirely true, Ben. Dominic, let's shift gears. Uh, yep. The debate last night, did you watch? Oh, of course I did. I, you know, I'm too much of an addict. I, I, I can't avoid that kind of thing. Even even as I hate myself at various moments, I could be doing something more entertaining. <laughs> but it's but it's one. It's I mean, I can't miss it. And I, honestly, I don't know what you thought about it, but I thought that it was actually really substantive and quite good. And I oh, wonder. Oh, I did. I did. And, you know, and you, 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 you want to know how far gone? How far gone I am? I'm going to give yep. NBC credit for something. Oh, I'm going to no. say something nice about NBC. <laughs> you are gone then, my friend, but yes, no, you're I mean, listen, right. Really? Because I actually think they did a nice job last night, and I didn't see yep. uh, uh, Lester Holt trying to put any English on it. I didn't see any Candy Crowley moment from NBC and from Thank Lester God. Holt last night. You know, I yeah, thought I, I thought they did a good job, and I thought it was substantive, and it was actually a worthy investment of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing that I felt felt like, and uh, you know, I'm perhaps I'm giving him credit where uh, it, where it's not true, but I felt like Hugh Hewitt had to be in the back room on a lot of these question formation, and what I really detected there was that a lot of these questions were framed from the right perspective, meaning meaning the political right. They were questions that I think Republicans were genuinely interested in. And that's the problem that we get with all 
these debates that go into the, the left-of-center territory in the media is that they frame their questions from the leftist perspective, from the Democrat yes, how perspective. Are you, how are you going to position How are you going to position yourself with voters considering that you're wrong? That's kind exactly, of the way. Exactly. You, you know, people think you're a terrible, hateful person. What do you say to them? And that's the thing that I think is, is just ridiculous. But it was a substantive debate, and the thing that I actually took away from it is we are – in a foreign policy primary now to a degree that we were not uh, at the beginning of this process. Foreign policy, I think, is a much more central issue now, given the challenges in the Middle East. Certainly, we knew about Ukraine, but we, like it, this is now a, a, a election, an election, a primary election, where the way that you talk about Israel, Ukraine, China, and some of the other threats that we face around the world is far more important than it was perhaps a year ago. And that speaks to the failure of the Biden administration on all of those fronts. And yes, the economy is certainly important, but we knew the economy was going to be important. Of course, it's always important. But this uh, abject failure and the fact that we're going to have to right the standing of America in the world after this horrible Obama JV team that is running things under uh, Biden has made a mess of everything. That to me was really the, the revelation of this. And I was, you know, look, I, I, I liked a lot of the things that I heard and I thought I felt, you know, confident, uh, you know, frankly, that I knew more about the candidate positions on a number of these things after that conversation than I did before, which is, I think, the mark of a, of a quality uh, you know, debate where you can actually say, uh, you know, this person over here knows what they're talking about. And this person over here, they could talk for about 30 seconds about it before they had to switch to something else. And that's, to me, uh, you know, something that's useful. Okay, so here's where I am on the on the debate going forward. Vivek Ramaswamy is never going to be the nominee, and he's never going to be president, or at least not this, sure as hell not this cycle. So, from, yeah, yeah. so now he's wasting our time. Uh, Chris Christie is a one-joke act. We've heard the joke, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's not going to be the nominee. He, maybe you, you can see some scenario where he's attorney general, but I don't think so. And he's wasting mm-hmm. our time, too. It boils down to... Donald Trump needs to be on the stage, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, and that's a debate the American people ought to be able to see. I, I agree 100%, and I think that it would be very representative of the Republican Party today to have those three be on stage together. Uh, and I think that that's something that should happen. I hope that the former president considers it. I hope that the RNC helps make something like that happen, because you know, quite you know, what, what I hear from – look, when I see Vivek Ramaswamy now – I feel like he's the first guy to decide to run for president uh, to promote his podcast. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I want to know. I want to know if his, if his mother knows he snuck out of the house. <laughs> well, by the way, can I can I say one thing? He said last night that he was the youngest uh, person to run for the Republican uh, nomination. That actually belongs to Thomas Dewey, the great Thomas Dewey, who uh, who, who, who defeated Truman because we saw ago. the newspaper. <laughs> exactly, we saw the yeah. newspaper. Fake news, unfortunately. Um, but one of the things that I think when I, when I see these folks on stage is these people have legitimate takes about Donald Trump, meaning not they're not Liz Cheney. They're not, you know, Mitt Romney. They're not people who are just, you know, who just hate him for the sake of hating him. They have legitimate disagreements with him about things that he did, uh, about things that he's going to do. And I think that the former president, you know, he should be confident enough to get on stage with them. Well, he, I well think, DeSantis is right. You know, somewhere in there, you finally have to earn it. And I think DeSantis made a very insightful statement last night. He think he 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 he. I think he framed Donald Trump the correct way from his perspective. Donald Trump was the right guy in 2016, but Donald Trump mm-hmm. is a different guy in 2023. 
Yeah. And I, I, the other thing that I really felt like was, was key, uh, and this to me is the most important argument that needs to be, uh, that needs to be resolved among Republican primary voters. Ron DeSantis talked about, you know, I'm, I'm running because I believe I can win and we need to win because of how desperate the times are, how important they are. It was the same message that Kim Reynolds was saying, the governor of, of Iowa, uh, when she endorsed him, that, you know, she said, you know, I, I'm endorsing him because I believe that Donald Trump can't win. I believe he was the right guy in 2016, but I think that Ron can win and we need to win. So talk to, that's, to me, the, the case that really needs to be made, because Republican voters understand the importance of winning. They understand the importance of, of taking back the country. And we saw in these New York Times numbers that apparently Joe Biden has never heard of that he loses to all three of those people. So let's adjudicate, you know, who's the best person to put up? Who's the best person who has the the vision for this, who has the plan for this, and who can achieve it? And that, you know, to me is something that the the Republican primary voters really deserve to hear. I hope that that will happen before people start voting in January. But look, uh, DeSantis, I think, is all in. He's burned the ships. He is all in on Iowa. Obviously, Nikki Haley is all in on South Carolina. She needs to get Tim Scott out of that race so that she has any shot there. But it's one of these things that I, I think the Republican primary voters deserve, and I hope that it happens. I hope that it happens, too. You know, it was, it was a Brett Hull that was playing for the Dallas Stars, and there was a, a year they won the Stanley Cup. And yeah. there was this great, great controversy about, you know, he was at odds with Coach Ken Hitchcock. And they interviewed him. They stuck a mic in front of his face, and he said, look, man, I just want to win. Mm-hmm. And I just want to win, and I don't care who it is. I just want to win. Hey, Ben, listen, this is, this is great. We should do this again. This is fun. Been I'd great... love to, and thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. The great Ben Dominich, there he goes. Here we go. We'll be back after the break. Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in for Jimmy today. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. We're going to go back to the phones because Ken in Kalamazoo has been patient. Ken, can you make good use of 90 seconds? I think I can. My proposal to pop the balloon of the trope of uh, men trying to control women on abortion laws is to, yes, just go ahead and put all the responsibility on men for any woman that has abortion or even thinks about it. The man has to be named, identified, and charged with reckless and child endangerment. Okay, you'll never get that done. That, <clears throat> that is. Uh, yeah, you'll, you won't you, get it done. You'll never okay, get that done. I'm arguing politically here. Well, no, I'm talking. I'm not. You would never. The, you'll never get that done politically. But I think you could get but, done politically, holding men financially responsible for for the the children they create by impregnating a woman. I think you could get that done. But just making it the proposal, you bust the bubble that it's men controlling women. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, okay, I, I get that. But the, the 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 fact the fact remains, Ken, that Republicans have got to find a way to to come down on the subject of of abortion that doesn't alienate those voters in the middle, moderates. And uh, independents, and um, kind of just slightly left to center Democrats that might vote for a Republican but won't because they, they feel that they're wrong on the abortion issue. Can't appreciate the call. It's Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, Tudor Dixon. 
who should be at this moment governor of Michigan. She's not. We'll talk about that. She joins us after the after the break of the top of the hour here on Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fella. There's another hour to come. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, it is. At least the first part is right. It is Fox Across America. It's not Jimmy Fallon today. We'll be tomorrow for the third hour here of the show. Uh, the rest of the show, it's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Jimmy will join us in the bottom half of this hour, however. So it will be Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America just later. But right now, it's me and you and the great Tudor Dixon who, if the world were right, would be the sitting governor of Michigan right this minute. She joins us on Fox Across America. Tudor, thanks for coming on board. Thank you for having me. Listen, I keep saying, if the world were working the way it should be, you should be the governor of Michigan today. You're not. You lost that race to the to my great regret, and I'm certain, certain yours and a whole lot of Michiganders. We've been talking about the fact that the Republicans have been losing elections that they really ought to win. What do you think was the story with respect to your race? Well, abortion was a big talking point in my race, as it has been in Republican races since Roe v. Wade was overturned, and Republicans are struggling with the abortion narrative because nobody really understood that under Roe v. Wade you could be pro-life and you could still run, and without Roe v. Wade, if you're pro-life, you are not in the majority in the majority of the parts of this country. Um, sadly, as sad as that is, and it is it has been really tough for Republicans, but it's not just that. I want to say it, it's not really that it's how people feel about life or not. It's that the Democrats have figured out a much better way to attack Republicans with that message, to demonize them, to make up stories about them, to lie about them, to make them look like, I mean, if you look, just let's take Kentucky, for example. If you go down to see what happened in Kentucky with Daniel Cameron and Andy Bashir, they ran an ad against him that was a young woman who said, my stepfather raped me at 12 years old. She never says abortion. She never says Republican. She just says, Daniel Cameron would force me to go through that having that baby and go through labor and and it was very powerful she makes him into this monstrous person who you can relate you can say wow he 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 is a terrible person that would allow rape to happen that would allow this to happen it conjures up all these images but they use it in such a deceptive way they twist the way he feels about caring about people about caring about life and they send it out to everyone's cell phones. They have it on YouTube. They have it on Snapchat. They advertise to people in ways that Republicans don't. You know, you just did the first two hours of the show there in about two minutes, Tudor, because that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> that's what we've been talking about since we came on the air today. Republicans keep losing, and I say because I'm a late I'm late at arriving at this understanding, and I think I fancy myself to be a fairly astute guy. I was naive enough to believe that an ascendant and malevolent China, the inflation, um, uh, gas prices, people living paycheck to paycheck, unable to unable to afford the 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 basics of life, um, the, 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 the corrupt DOJ. Go down this whole long list of problems that we're facing. Surely, this one issue can't derail all of that, and yet that's exactly what's happening. Oh, absolutely. But see, okay. So let me ask you though. How much are you hearing from Republicans on what they're going to do? What are Republicans for right now? Because 
I have to say that whoever is advising Republicans, and that, there is a real big question about that, and there should be there should be a group of people that sit down and say, what as Republicans are we for? What is our platform right now? And are we sharing that platform with the people that we want to see in office? Because what is the platform? Right now I see a lot of people on defense. Well, this is how I feel about that, and this is how I feel about this, and this is what the, the Democrats, the Democrats are bad about this. What are we for? What are we saying we're going to do to make sure that we have a national security that is, is true, that we have a wall, that we have a border that is secure, that we are preventing fentanyl deaths, that we are not allowing this poisoning to go on, that we are going to improve the economy, that we're going to get interest rates down, that we're going to have affordable housing in places and, and housing in general that people can buy. I mean, what are we doing to talk about families? What are we doing? And honestly, we're not getting that message out. And I hear people complaining about the Republicans, but it, you have to tweak things a little bit. And I hear the RNC come out and say, well, Republicans should be spending their money differently. Well, I, explain that. Expand on that. Tell me exactly what you think about that, because you are the one that should be the master of knowing exactly how Republicans should spend money and where. But even the RNC is not spending money where they should be. And the messages that are coming out of some of these organizations are convoluted. It's an attack on five different things on on Democrats that are not really they are things that don't really matter. It'll be like an ad will come out and say, Joe Biden is a liar. Well, let me tell you why that doesn't work. Everybody thinks that politicians are liars. So it just kind of rolls off people's backs. They are coming after us on one specific issue. They're coming after us on abortion and saying these are these horrible people are going to force you into doing something medically with your body that you don't want to. And as much as you can agree or disagree with that, it is a powerful message for them to put us out there that way. And they can just sit back and kind of wash their hands of running because they've destroyed their competition. Well, did you, uh, Tudor Dixon from Michigan joining us here on Fox Across America, did you watch on that subject? Did you watch the debate last night? I sure did, yes. Okay, so Ron DeSantis comes out and he says, he said something I agreed with, that the Democrats will not, will not state where they stand between on abortion all the way up to, um, up to the moment of birth. You had Nikki Haley, who I think has done the best job of dealing with this. But w w with all of what you just said, which of those, did either of those two get it right? And what is the Republican message? I mean, I think Nikki Haley is right because she's speaking in reality. You're not going to have a president that's going to go in and have a ban on abortion because it, the president isn't a dictator. They have to get the Senate to agree, and you don't have 60 Senate votes. So that's just not going to happen. Speaking in reality is, is where we need to be right now. But, see, you, you have people that are like, well, what's the, the time frame? At what point? When can we say it's okay? And let me explain to you why that method doesn't work. Because if you're watching the Democrats like I am, a few months ago they started putting out ads about and stories and articles in papers like the Atlantic and New York Times about people who had gone to their 20-week ultrasound. And they had some horrible thing happen at their 20-week ultrasound. It's something, something that we can't imagine what we would do in that situation, right? If it hasn't happened to you, you don't know. Every pregnancy is different. And Nikki Haley was right on that. It's all personal. It's all happening to just that person. And they tell this story about how they had a horrible trauma and had Republicans been in charge, they may have died or something awful would have happened. And that is the move on the side of Democrats to when the 
Republicans come out with, well, 15 weeks is what Europe is using. Everybody's using, let's go with 15 weeks. Well, now this person would have had this horrible situation that Republicans would force upon them. We just have not, we don't have a winning message on this because no matter where we go with this, they are going to attack. I hate to say it, but for all of the, the people that are in a position of power right now, and, and I, you know, I'll call out the RNC on this because I keep hearing Republicans need to stop shying away from this issue and have a message. Well, you got to this position for a reason. What do you think the message is? Nobody's coming out with that. So where does that leave candidates? Well, okay, and that's a fair question. You know, and here I am in all of my maleness. You know, there's no way in the world I'll ever have an abortion. I'll never have an unwanted pregnancy. So I don't, you know, you the argument, what do you know about well, it? Democrats might fight you on that. Yeah. All right. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm still living on the, <laughs> the on the planet I was born on instead of the planet we're now living on. But but <laughs> were we going to go there? But let, look, I, I'm, I'm going to say with some confidence, I'm never going to get pregnant. So I'm never going to have an unwanted pregnancy. So we know the, the, by what virtue do I argue the case? But I keep coming back to, in all of my maleness, saying there has to be some point at a reasonable number, a reasonable time during a pregnancy when you have when. You can know that you're pregnant, know that you don't want to have a baby, and can and can do something about it before we start getting barbaric. Of course, of course. There, but this is no longer, we don't live in reality on this topic anymore. We live in what wins and loses races. That's the whole, it doesn't, see, the thing is that it, the reality of this no longer matters to Democrats because they just see it as a tool to get Republicans out. And I like to say, I mean, you think about think about this this way. If the Second Amendment were revoked and all of a sudden Republicans were able to say these Democrats are going to say you can no longer have a weapon, then in red states, Democrats would be toast. Democrats, we would have an argument against Democrats and no one would vote for them. And it would be the situation that we're in right now in blue and purple states for Republicans, because it doesn't matter the reality of the situation. There's no gray area. They can just come out and say, you don't want this taken away. And you know what the majority of women are going to say? They're going to say, you know, I am never going to use it in the third trimester. I would never use it to an extreme. I imagine most people are not using abortion as a barbaric situation. So instead of forcing the woman who at 20 weeks finds out that she has a baby with hydrocephalus or something that she is going to have some traumatic labor with, instead of forcing her to go through that, I'm just going to say, yeah, I approve it up to the moment of birth because I assume most people will never use that rather than have a ban. People will go for that over a ban every day. We've learned that. I mean, we know that now. Look at Ohio. Okay. Look at Michigan. Look at what's happening. Yeah, I understand that. So you're going to take this, the tack that my father took when I was about four years old, and it was bitterly cold outside, and I wanted to go out and play. My mother said, no, you can't go play because it's too cold. And she and I fought about it all day till my dad came home and said, sure, boy, put on your jacket and go outside. I was back in the house in about 30 seconds because it was too cold. So... <laughs> You know, so the, the, as a practical matter, I hear what you're saying. As a practical matter, most people will not take it to that extreme. So, okay, that that's that's a plausible and a, and a reasonable position to take. 
and it keeps Republicans. But the flip Republicans side of that, you know, we've said in Michigan, the flip side of that is that because there are no limits in Michigan, something traumatic will happen. A young girl will die having an abortion because her parents weren't aware of this happening because there, there's no parental consent. Something traumatic will happen, and then lawmakers will say, Okay, wait, we actually have to protect against this. That's okay. terrible. We could actually we can see that the potential for that is there, but because all protections have been taken away, because this is to the point now where people would rather have no protections whatsoever than limitations, we have to wait until something traumatic happens to p- try to put some of those limitations back on. That is where we are. As sad as that is today, that is where we are. I agree with you. So, Tudor Dixon, in the, in the little bit that we that we have left, I can I can tell you what I'm for. You say, what are Republicans for? Here, I, I have a I have a, a a five item list. I'm for small government, sovereign borders, energy independence, fiscal responsibility, and personal freedom. That's I I 100 percent agree, and I would love to start seeing ads that come out about that. And I'm just not seeing. Republicans connect on the level that Democrats are. And I hear people saying, oh, well, I think that they cheated here. I think they cheated there. And I think that's a real distraction from what they really are doing. So step back and say, what did the Democrats really do that we didn't do, that we should be doing? How did they speak to people that we didn't speak to them? I agree. So, Lynn, okay, we got about 30 seconds left. You watched the debate last night. We always have to engage in this, this exercise of who won. Who do you think won? You know, I think that it was uh, Trump won. I mean, at the end of the day, Trump is winning these debates. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Drudge, remember when we cared about Drudge? Drudge has a poll that says 45% said Nikki Haley won, 24% said Vivek Ramaswamy won, 16 for DeSantis, 12 for Christie, 3 for Scott. That's what, what a Drudge poll says. Um, you know, I, I thought I, have... I thought it was a substantive poll, a substantive debate last night, which was a, re- a breath of fresh air. Yes, I think we got to hear some things. I think we got to see people's personalities. We saw people under pressure, and we saw when some of the shots below the belt came out and how they landed. And it was interesting. We saw a lot of, of differences, and I I hope that we are done with debate soon because I think we've heard all the answers we need to. Now we're just getting into the weeds. Very well. Hey, Tudor Dixon, thanks for taking time to join the show. And I wish you were Michigan's governor because I think you'd be a great one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tudor Dixon, there she goes. Here we go. More of the Fox Across America is coming up after the break. Stay with us. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. If you're just really jonesing for some Jimmy, he will be with us after the bottom of the hour, so stick around. Right now, we're going to go back to the phones at 888-788-9910. It's Jim in Florida. Jim, can you make good use of two minutes? Yes, sir. Number one, I uh, know the young lady and the family that was featured in the the abortion and the uh, uh, commercials for Brashear. I retired two years ago from Kentucky, moved down here to Florida. So uh, her mother was actually the, the flower child in our wedding 40 years ago. So so um, we're very acutely aware. 
and the young lady is a, actually the same age as uh, my two, uh, two of my sons, you know, and uh, my two youngest sons. So, yeah, I, I'm very aware of that, and I thought Daniel Cameron was going to be a great rising star, but, I mean, when you shoot yourself in the foot like that with 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 uh, policies that just are just crazy. Well, set the hey, so for those for those that aren't familiar that might not have heard the call. So, what the lady was in a, was featured in an ad. Give us the story real quickly. What what was what was the well, substance she, of the ad? She was, she was twelve years old and she was repeated, re- repeatedly raped by her stepfather. My God! In, in the middle of the night. My and God. 12 years old she winds up she she comes to her mom and she's pregnant and mm. what do you, what do you do with that you know and mm. uh and it was an early pregnancy you know that type of thing you know so to, to answer all the other things that, that you've been talking about and so it's just uh it, it it's it's tragic it's heartbreaking but i can't tell you when my wife and i sat there and we saw this young lady that we know intimately in that commercial we looked at each other and went like wow how brave is she? You know, because I mean, that's you know, either way, however you want to look at it, that that's incredible to go on national TV or you know, put yourself in the in a spotlight like that. And uh, you know, and when I first heard, you know, I mean, like, you mean, you mean Daniel Cameron says that there's no carve out for rape, incest, or, or you know, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, so it's like, I mean, that's like playing a a football game on a minefield. You're just doomed for, for failure there. You well, know? And, 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 you, and you've, ju- you've just encapsulated it, and, and Republicans keep getting pushed into this box over this subject. I, I said earlier that doing this talk show, I knew abortion was going to be a big part of it today, and I hate talking about it. But Republicans well, you know, are going to have to find a way to talk about it because it's really the clear. The Republicans, you know, the Democrats are playing money ball, and the Republicans are still playing stick ball and complaining about the other team cheating. You know, they're going to have to get real. They're, you know, the Democrats uh, have identified precincts and districts and candidates, and they have been working the Jim, system. I've got, to, I've got to jump in on you here because I'm out of time. And this is a, a great call, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share it. It's a, 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 just a, a great bit of insight. It's Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will join us after the bottom of the hour. That's worth sticking around for. I hope you'll do just that. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, except for the fact that Jimmy Fallon is now with us. Hey, man. And apparently my playlist is with us, too. Uh, I'm laughing uh, because when I hear Missy Misdemeanor Elliot... Uh, you sound like the cop that pulls her over for uh, smoking weed and driving down the highway while she's so. blasting this song. Thanks for having me on my show, man. Hey, listen, you know, Dominic said you're not doing the show today because you're trying to find your pants. I say it's because you're ducking your bookie. Which is it? Oh, well, to be clear, I am pantless ducking a bookie, so you can both take a bow. <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> Good thing I know my way around a manhole in this city. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Man, oh boy. <laughs> hey, listen, we, uh, uh, on a much, much darker note, we've been talking on the show all day today, Jimmy, about on two, two things kind of on parallel tracks. You know, the Republicans had a disappointing night on Tuesday. 
again. <laughs> and uh, the 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 issue seems to be Republicans can't get it right on abortion. We had mm-hmm. Tudor Dixon in the in the previous segment talking about that. Ooh. You know what what are Republicans going to do because they're getting creamed over this? Oh, on the on the actual issue of abortion. Um, yes. Listen, if this is the the fix here. Short, the long and short of it is either elect Haley or you know put her on the ticket with Trump because she can articulate and I'm sure too to message you know mention this, she has the best message for the party on abortion. She's really been getting it right. Oh, she's she's crushing it in that regard. And I say this on the show a lot, Paul. I would give anything in the age of identity politics for the first female president to be Republican just to expose oh. the fraud of identity politics because you understand if a democratic female wins the white house there's going to be forced crying sessions like a north korean dictator died like legally you're going to have to cry every day for a month break a glass ceiling every time you eat a meal but if nikki haley wins the presidency oh you ain't getting none of that they'll be like she's not even a woman she doesn't have a penis you know it's going to be a mess so i want her to win for that reason but in terms of who wins any republican that can co-opt her message which is, you know, safe, legal, and rare, which is where this started for the Democrats. Uh, that reasonable thing where you're going to have an exemption for rape or incest, something I said to a caller yesterday, is what the Republicans should do as the pro-life party is work as hard to give people the option to choose life as the Democrats do to give people the option to choose death. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, if you want, you know, we want to see more adoptions, which I agree. So you maybe make that process easier. Maybe you make the access to that process easier. I think that's how they could co-opt a winning message and still stand up for realistic pro-life principles because the reality is, and this is something Haley says a lot, they're not actually ever going to have the votes or the super majority, and they haven't had it in 120 years, to outright just get rid of the threshold or the idea of abortion. So I think what you've got to do is you can't let perfect get in the way of much, much better. Okay, and I, and I think Ramaswamy raised a point last night that is not that you don't hear discussed, and I think it's a reasonable one. I think one of the problems that, that male candidates on the, on the Republican side have mm-hmm. with women is with respect to an unwanted pregnancy, 100% of the consequences fall on the woman. Mm-hmm. And Ramaswamy said that since we can now know to a certainty who the father is, mm-hmm. that that men ought to be held accountable financially and otherwise for the for the babies they create by impregnate, impregnating a woman on a on a weekend fling. No, for sure, and that's the same thing Maury Povich said to me when Jenny got pregnant with Lincoln. I mean. <laughs> And here you are are stepping up being a man. All these other gentlemen can leave the stage now and go home. (laughs) Jimmy, it's on you, player. you got to get out there and man up. And I was like, Jenny, how dare you? Uh, But he's right. I mean, this is, uh, listen, if you really, really, and you know this as a dad and a head of a household, okay, or at least the co-chair of a household in your case and my case. I said, when did that happen? You know this as a dad and a board member at your house. You are. A board member, non-voting board member. <laughs> You're as a dad and a and a you know occasionally cited consultant. You know this, okay? Uh, the lack of true leadership in the home is the 
end result of so many of the problems plaguing our society. And this is a thing I've heard Vivek say in the past that I've said a lot myself. Um, you know, for all the terms you hear in, uh, in politics about, like, uh, you know, you have white privilege or something like that, the only privilege that truly does matter, beyond American privilege, which everybody in this country has, is some of us are blessed and fortunate to have family privilege. Meaning Absolutely. you come from an ambitious, supportive, caring family that set a positive and modeled a positive example for you to be a better part of society. If you have that, you have a major leg up, but that's not unique to race. That's why they're really cheaping out and oversimplifying this when they try to make it about white privilege. I mean, how many dirtbag white people we know and how many you know prosperous, fabulous minority people do we know? Tons, you know, in both cases. So it's not about your ethnicity, obviously, but your family goes a long way towards defining your character. Listen, you know, I could be out in public and I'll, and I'll see a, 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 a black couple with their two kids. Mm. And I look at them and they're well-dressed and they, they appear to be prosperous. And they, they don't look any different from any of my other middle-class friends except for the color of their skin. Yep. And they, the, 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 the studies, there's a zillion of them. Mm-hmm. When you control for fatherlessness in homes, when you when you when you take that factor out, the difference between white people and black people ach- achieving the middle class is almost zero. Oh yeah, and y- you know what's funny about this conversation? Every time it comes up, we all fail to mention that they have this conversation as if white people are the gold medalists when it comes to prosperity. We're like not even on the podium. First of all, Asians are kicking everybody's ass. Okay, they're the most prosperous race out there. Absolutely. Indians, uh, okay, from India, that Pakistan, that region of the world, also killing all of us. <laughs> like we talk about this, like white people are having all the fun. Don't get me wrong. Okay, it's, I have nothing against being white. I'm not saying whoa is me but i'm saying this oversimplification is a conversation that takes place in an america that's not the real one okay the real it's like harvard think about this harvard got sued for a hundred million dollars because of how aggressively they had to discriminate against asian students to keep them from becoming the entire university because they were outscoring everyone else by that much but that's because they emphasized quality education instead of dragging down the quality of education in the name of some type of equity. Like when you hear like Oregon is phasing out math and science and honors programs, who is that's not fair to anybody. That's not actually fair. That's just dragging down everybody in the process. Absolutely true. And this is the thing where we can't have a constructive conversation because it gets demagogued to death. And you say you 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 say, "Well, I want I want merit-based uh, it, uh, college admissions, and I want every kid to be held to the same standard. And th- the Democrats are great. They immediately turn you into a racist. Yeah, they're like, well, that's easy for you to say. Check your privilege. I'm like, come on, man. But, again, that's where, like, you know, a lot of the things now, like empathy is a good example. It's a brand instead of a trait, meaning as a brand, you say things like that. Like, oh, we can't have a you know level academic playing field because it sounds like you're looking out for other communities that are marginalized. But in the process, you're actually just denigrating the quality of education that kids of every race get, and that's the problem. So the posturing um, – you know, it needs to take a backseat to the actual prosperity of people. And that's where the Republicans, if they're smart, like I do mean this, I've seen enough of these debates to know now. Uh, it's either Trump or Haley needs to be the nominee, is my guess. I think DeSantis had a great night. I'd be fine with him, be, too. I could go to bed. Like, I could elect him tomorrow, go to bed, and I think he'd do a great job. Um, but I think the Republicans really, really have a unique opening right now because the quality of life has deteriorated so much under Biden 
that if they can really articulate the message and not the message of like, we're going to do better, like the actual and Vivek is a man. He does it. Sadly, he does the best job of doing this is speaking to the specifics of every issue and the hang up with why we don't make progress. He deserves a lot of credit for that. I don't know how electable he is. Uh, well, to be first honest of all, does his, does his mother know he's he's uh, snuck out of the house? <laughs> oh no, he's definitely too young. I mean, I think that's a knock on DeSantis too. I think instinctively, he's a little young for his age. And I say that about DeSantis, if only because of the way he rolled out his campaign. This was the biggest media moment of the year. It was the one yeah. guy people yeah. thought had a legitimate yeah. shot at catching Trump, and he launched his campaign on an untested Twitter platform that crashed in humiliating fashion. And that speaks to bad instincts to me, because this is the biggest moment of your life. How do you give the ball to an untested pitcher? You know what I'm saying? So... I don't know. I, I mean, I, not to say he won't be president someday or he couldn't be president right now, but I'm just saying in general, the Republican message is a winning message if that is the strategy. If the strategy for the Republicans is to relitigate 2020 from now oh, until God. Election oh, Day, they're going to lose. God. Please, yep. God, no. So, so did you watch last night? Oh, yes, I watched most of the highlights because I was um, – out at Cat Timp's stand-up show at the Hard Rock. I was back in the Hard Rock, Paul Gleiser. No and, kidding. Yeah, they, they let me back into the bar. This is I, a just, I, thought, I thought that was never going to happen. <laughs> the thing about a nose and glasses. <laughs> they don't always... Well, so I watched all of it. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I made myself some dinner. My wife had an engagement, so it was me and the dogs watching last night. And i got to say, first of all, I've, I've said this now three times on the air today, and it's going to kill me. I thought NBC did a good job. It kills me to give NBC credit for anything. But I, th I, thought, they, I thought they did a good job. I thought Lester Holt did a good job. Number two, it wasn't Delta House on the mm -hmm. stage last yep. night. It was actually substantive. And number three, Chris Christie and Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy are wasting our time. It needs to be Trump, DeSantis, and Haley. Yeah, that would that's the debate. I mean, at some point, as this field thins out, Trump will be forced onto the debate stage because, you know, it's going to be down to him and one other person, him and two other people. I think that's something you'll start to see as we get closer to January. Um, you know, Christie is – I think Christie legitimately misunderstood his doctor when he told him to run more. Uh, I, think, I, th I think that was a genuine miscommunication. Well, you know, listen, you're a comedian. You know guy. You know one joke acts, right? You know guy's yeah. got, one great, got one great joke. Yeah, yeah. That's Chris Christie. <laughs> he just keeps coming back to it. He just keeps coming uh, back and doing that one line. You know, I but I, I think this is the reality. I think a lot of those guys could be so viable in a cabinet. Like if you told me Trump, Haley, or DeSantis was the president tomorrow, any one of them became the president and they put the other people in their cabinet, um, Tim Scott would be viable. Vivek would be viable. DeSantis, Haley, they'd all be viable in a cabinet. You know, but Christie is the one outlier there because he's obviously think, do running. You think to, Christie, do you think Christie could be uh, attorney general? I mean, he actually could. I, I don't I don't think he couldn't. He'd be easy to vilify for the Democrats. But I don't think at this point the country should concern itself with the branding or the vilification aspect of this, because the truth is everybody running the Biden administration has the nice guy reputation, but they're actually jailing their opponents. Yes, no, they're not nice with, guys at all. Yeah, conspiring with big tech to censor information in the run up to an election like they're anything but nice. So I don't think it's a time to concern ourselves with portrayal. Uh, so I do think he would be viable in that regard. I don't think anybody would hire him because obviously he's gone so far out of his way to be like a political suicide bomber in this cycle.
Well, so the, let's we got what about two minutes left. So you are you are in charge. You're picking. Who's your person? Who needs to be the nominee? And is there any way that Trump isn't the nominee? Well, listen, I mean, I think what's happening now in this, you know, in terms of my long range plan, you know, all this anti-Semitism that's happening at Harvard right now, like that actually creates an, an opportunity for Kanye. You know, a year ago, <laughs> a year ago, he was out of this. We wrote him off. We're like, you yeah, can't say anti-Semitic yeah. stuff. Get out of here. Here's your sneaker deal. Here's your record album. But now that Harvard has kind of mainstreamed anti-Semitism, <laughs> I think I'm back in the race here, Paul. I think yeah. I got a shot at this thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah maybe you do. I mean, if this, this is what I would say. If you wanted a, if you wanted a definitive answer, okay, um, I think any I think I think Haley or DeSantis could become president tomorrow. We could all go to bed and forget who the president even was. And that would be a best case scenario for America. I think the reality of the hand we've been dealt as a country is Trump has a very unique hold on the party. He has been uniquely wronged for a president like no one ever has been in the history of this country. Absolutely true. He certainly contributed to it on some level. But my concern, really, my concern for him in the run-up to the election day is that he will go into office as a lame duck president. So if we're electing him, we really are electing him just to get even for 2020. We're not necessarily electing him because of substantive change, because he's had such a big problem down ballot that even if he wins the election, they're not going to have the Senate and the House. You know what I'm saying? So he's going into one term with a divided house, which means he's not actually going to do a lot. We're just going to get the last laugh from 2020, which I don't discount how important that is to a lot of people. But I think if we really want to move the country forward, I think one of the younger Republicans is probably better. Yeah, that being said, can it Trump over any Democrat who's ever lived at this point is going Absolutely to be a win true. for the country. Absolutely true. You know, I, going all the way back uh, to um, uh, the uh, the debates uh, back in 2020, I think Trump shot himself in the foot on that. Was it the second debate with Biden? Oh, the Adderall debate where yes. he was inter- <laughs> where he was trampling Chris Wallace, which I enjoyed. I mean, I like yeah, to see well, Chris yeah. Wallace get roughed up. <laughs> yeah, but really, I think he did himself a lot of damage, and I'm afraid that if we move forward into 2024, if he does that again, the same thing could happen. Yeah, listen, the, the wild card in all of this is there's actually 91 wild cards. They're indictments. Yeah, there's no there's way in the Trump. world the prosecution doesn't go 0 for 91. There's no <laughs> way in the world they're going to go 0 for 91. Listen, I've seen it. If you've been watching the Yankees this well, year, yeah, it is possible. Yeah, We're not all Texas Rangers fans here, Paul. Well, hey, are you digging that? Are you yeah. digging that? The dude, pigs can fly. The Texas Rangers <laughs> won the World Series. Good is that you. not amazing? No, I, hey, I'm, I'm thrilled. Hey Jimmy, listen. Uh, it's your it's your show. Thanks for being a guest on it. It's a, it's been a lot of fun. Your it will be your show tomorrow. You'll be back tomorrow, like yeah. like normal. I, I just want to tell you, I don't appreciate you going to break on time because I never do that. Now it screws up. <laughs> no, the whole I'm out of plot discipline, man. Stuff. You know. Listen, and uh, thanks for being dumb enough to let me host your show. There it is. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out. Ah, good for All you. All right, Jimmy. See hey, more, more coming up. We've got, got another segment coming up. Stay with us. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wrapping up Fox Across America. Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Thanks for uh, being a part of the program today. Thanks for uh, for letting me guest host. Um, 
Jimmy will be back tomorrow. You just heard him a few minutes ago, but Jimmy will be back for the whole three hours tomorrow. Uh, listen, I'm going to invite you one more time to follow me on my weekly comment, youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. I invite you to say what's on yours. We named it at youtellmetexas.com, but you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to be from Texas. And breaking news, Senator Joe Manchin, the one of the few remaining sane Democrats in the world, Democrat senator from West Virginia, from, from very, very red state West Virginia, just announced minutes ago that he will not be seeking re-election in 2024. And that means almost certainly he will be replaced by a Republican candidate. If that were to happen today, it would flip control of the Senate, which uh, is the Senate is a the Senate electoral map. Not great news for Democrats in 2024 if we Republicans can find a way to keep from screwing that up. So Joe Manchin kind of the people of West Virginia are a little bit unhappy with him. I think he sees the tea leaves recognizes he was going to have a tough re-election bid no matter what, is decided that he will not seek re-election, and that news is breaking right here on Fox Across America. Hey, listen, thanks for being a part of the program today. Thank you, um, uh, Producer Mike and uh, and Technical Director Josh, for um, making everything work the way it does. Thanks for being a part of the program. Paul Glasner here on Fox Across America. Hope to see you next time. I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. Go out and make it a great day. And God bless America, everybody. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.